Morning all, how are we doing then? Are we in joyful mood? That's the, tis the season to be jolly, come on, this is it. We are in joyful festive mood at Coastline. We have our carol services uh, this weekend and as Sarah says, in the mornings we're covering this wonderful Advent series, looking at some of the big themes of the Christmas message. So if you were here last week, Sarah did hope. I mean, boy, do we need hope, right? And uh, as you heard, this morning we're doing joy, and then we're focusing on peace, and then we're focusing on Christmas Eve. Jeremy's going to do all about Jesus, because it's all about Jesus. And we really believe in joy here at Coastline, don't we? You're not convincing me. Uh, we really believe in joy at Coastline, don't we? Yes, that's the one. So much so, we've named a cafe after it. And today, exclusively, I have the first bit of cafe merch, Joy Cafe merch. You too could own a beanie like this, okay? Uh, So available in all good outlets. I'm sure the cafe team would facilitate. I think this is the first ever. David David Morgan got this as a Christmas gift. I was very jealous. Uh, But anyway, it's available uh, at all good retail outlets. Right, so look. And Christmas is about spring joy, right? You know, this is, this is a season to be jolly, as I said. You know, and when you think about it, that's kind of what we do in our greeting, isn't it? Merry Christmas, we say. Don't have a miserable Christmas. Have a happy Christmas. You know, tis the season to be jolly, fa-la-la-la-la. Well, something like that. Anyway, very good. But look, I get it, right? That's maybe in two weeks' time. You know, now's the stressy bit, isn't it? There's, there's a lot to do, Phil, in the last two weeks. I'm not feeling that love yet. I'm not feeling that joy. You know, I've got lots going on, you know, and it can be, I'm very sorry to say, a time for being a bit frazzled and a bit exhausted and a bit, you know, not exactly full of the season of joy sometimes. Because, let's face it, you know, part of our problem is we're driven by this media frenzy that says, unless you've got the John Lewis table, it was Mark Suspenses in the first service, so I've just changed it. Uh, unless you've got the John Lewis table spread out, better class in the second one, of course, um, spread out, you know, and you're not given those glorious presents and those lovely little commercials where people are sitting by the beautiful firelight and everything else, you know, you kind of missed out. You haven't really got Christmas right. I mean, is that really what Christmas is all about? No, of course it isn't. It's about knowing Jesus. He's the reason for the season. And I'm hoping that during this Advent season, we get back to that. That Christmas is a time for real hope and joy and peace. And it's all about Jesus. And in our desire to drive to the big, sometimes we've gotten the small, haven't we? We've sometimes forgotten what it's all about about. So let's get back to the Christmas story. I want us to read a very traditional reading this morning, which we've spoken about and read about in many carol services, uh, and every church up in the land will read this reading, I'm sure. So come with me, if you can, to Luke chapter 2. It's going to come on the screen. It's, I don't apologize for reading a bit of scripture here, because this is a lovely traditional reading, and I believe God's going to speak to us through it as we unpack what it means to seek and to find and to focus on joy this Christmas time and to share that joy as well. So Luke chapter 2, it'll come up on the screen, but if you've got a, uh, there might be a Bible on the seat in front of you if you want to use that. 
And you guys online, by the way, I haven't said welcome to you. So look, hopefully it will come up on the screen for you. If you're watching live, great to see you. And uh, if you're watching this in the future, I hope you had a great Christmas. It was really good. Right, okay. Luke chapter 2, here we go. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, this time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they'd heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. We thank God for his word. Since 2012, an organization crazily called the Sustainable Development Solutions Network has published something called the Happiness Report. You might have read about it in the papers. And it's happened for the last 11 years. And uh, in case you're wondering, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a thing about uh, they've rated happiness of the nations of the world to find out who is the happiest nation. I don't know how they do it, but that's what they do. And in case you're wondering, um, Britain's never made more than the top 20, by the way. Uh, So you're saying, who's won? Right, well, over the last 11 years, four countries have won it. Denmark, Switzerland, Norway, and now in 2023, the happiest nation on earth is... Ah, what you were here earlier, cheat. It's Finland, apparently. It's the happiest nation on earth, apparently. Now... Commentators have suggested, that's cheating, well, they're very good though. Uh, Commentators have suggested it's because the Finnish only have two words for happiness. One which roughly translates as being joyful or glad about something, like going on holiday or having a great Christmas or whatever. And the other one basically just means to be content with your lot. And a lot of people, a lot of reporters kind of said that I read, 
uh, basically said that's why they want it, because genuinely the Finns are just kind of content. They're just kind of happy with their lot, and therefore, as a result, they are happy. I was reminded of the old joke proverb that says, Blessed is the man who expecteth nothing, because verily he will not be disappointed. Now, is that really it? Is that really the source of happiness? Is that really what joy is all about? Not to expect too much. I mean, do we go up to each other and say, have a content Christmas, everybody? I mean, really, come on. Is that what it's all about? According to a famous writer, we should be the happiest people on earth because we know the same. We've met the light of the world. And joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. It's even in the top three. I mean, it's what we should be. We should be the happiest people on earth, but sadly, not. Because I think at times, my contention would be, is we're looking for joy in all the wrong places sometimes, sadly. So I want to take some lessons from this lovely reading that we've read this morning, just to see how we should be finding joy and seeking joy and spreading joy and and retaining joy at this Christmas time. So let's look at some of the texts that we've read. And I want to make a couple of points. First thing's this. If you're looking for joy this Christmas, joy finds us unexpectedly in the darkest of places. Quite surprisingly sometimes. Joy finds us unexpectedly in the darkest of places. Let's look at our story, shall we? Let's look at Mary and Joseph, okay? Not in a great place. As we've heard last week, Mary would have been an outcast pregnant as a teenager, unmarried, of dubious and questionable morality for some, maybe even deluded or deranged. I've seen an angel. Yeah, right. And Joseph, questions over his judgment as well, over his sanity maybe, certainly questions over his morality and maybe even his integrity. And Mary and Joseph together living in this Difficult time under a dictatorial regime, a regime that was harsh and cruel, and obviously at a whim had decided to move thousands of people all over the nation just for the sake of counting a few heads. And I don't know if you've seen the film uh, Journey to Bethlehem. It's on in the cinema recently. I hope it comes back again. Uh, Very faithful to the Christmas story. It's a musical, but very faithful to the Christmas story. And in that, they make it pretty clear how tough it was for Mary and Joseph to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Probably a one-week journey in the heat of day and everything else. Not a a great thing to do. And Mary had to do this, assume, because there was a last-minute announcement to go. She certainly wouldn't have chosen to have gone being nearly nine months pregnant, I'm sure. And when they get there, no room in the inn as we famously say. No room in the guest room. And as Sarah said last week, you know, surely they were going back to family and friends because that was Joseph's history. Somebody would have taken them in, you'd have thought, but maybe shunned by them as well. And what about these shepherds? They're in a pretty dark place too. They're not gentlemen farmers with their Land Rovers and their 4 by 4s No, 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 no. They were outcasts, considered unclean by the scribes and Pharisees. Some would even suggest they might even be foreigners, immigrants, not even of of true Jewish stock. And guarding their sheep at night, why is that? Because shepherds were frankly thieves. They stole from each other. 
So that's why they were out and about, uh, having to guard their flocks at night. But in that dark place, in that difficult place, in that unexpected circumstance, what happens? Verse 9 there. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified, says Luke, with classic understatement. (laughs) They were terrified. But the angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people in the darkest place, in the unexpected place. Glorious good news today. In the town of David, the Messiah has come. That that Messiah that's been promised and prophesied for years and years, that the nation has cried out to God for, for, for hundreds of years. Today, this very night, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. Born to you, shepherds, you'll note. Born to you, shepherds, the promised Messiah. To you, shepherds. Born to you, you unnamed, unknown outcasts. Born to you lot, who in nativity plays in hundreds of years' time will have tea towels on your head. And you won't get a named part because you're only really the sort of side character. But you were the first, the very first to witness this glorious, glorious day. Messiah had come. The saviour of the world had come. I mean, how? Very, very odd. Why, why go to shepherds? Why go to outcasts and immigrants? Go tell Caiaphas, the high priest. Go tell it to Herod. Well, maybe not Herod. Go find Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, because we know they can write things down well. And let's record this glorious day of history for for posterity. But no, to simple, unnamed, unknown, unclean shepherd, the most glorious, glorious news. Joy can meet us in the unexpected place and often in the darkest place. My prayer for each of us this Christmas is that we'll find the glorious light of the world, the joyful light of the world in the most unexpected and in the darkest place this Christmas. That we'll be overwhelmed with the wonderful blessing of the fruit of joy in every household. But let's move on, shall we, to verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. If we're looking for joy this Christmas, we need to look for Jesus. Um, Yeah, this is in our house. This is our nativity scene. I love this. It's one of those willow tree things. We collect the pieces together. And um, it's a beautiful thing. If you ever come to our house, come, come and see it. Uh, but I have to say, it's a bit of a source of tension between my beautiful wife and I, because uh, I quite like rearranging the pieces, okay? Because I like all that... You notice uh, I've rearranged this. 
uh, all of the characters, all of the eyes to be on the baby Jesus. Because, frankly, that's what it's all about. He is at the centre of our celebration. He is the reason for the season. And when we're looking for joy, folks, we need to have our eyes focused on Jesus. All, in all we're doing, and all the glitz and the glamour and the celebrations and everything else, focus on the baby in the manger, the light of the world, the saviour of the world. He is the reason for the season. And just imagine that first scene. Just imagine that first scene with the shepherds going into Bethlehem late at night, maybe three, four o'clock in the morning or wherever it was. You know, hardly any sound. Everybody's fast asleep. Maybe there's a dog barking in the distance somewhere. And they're navigating the back streets and they come into this humble little scene, this stable, this manger, whatever it was. They come into this scene. There's Mary, there's Joseph, there's this little baby fast asleep in, in the manger. And their jaws must have dropped. The saviour of the world is here. The light of the world has come. The Messiah is with us. O oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in the dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Looking for joy this Christmas? Find the baby in the manger. Put your focus and your eyes on Jesus. He is the reason for the season. And finally, joy grows when it's shared. You want to know joy, real joy? Share the good news. Verse 17 there, if you're tracking with me. When they'd seen him, this is the shepherds, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I read a couple of brilliant commentators on this. One said this, The good news of the Saviour's birth came first to a most unlikely group of people. Shepherds were near the bottom of the social ladder. According to the record of Jewish tradition, the only people lower than shepherds at this particular time of history were the lepers. Their testimony was not even allowed to be presented in court. I mean, what audacity that God who would use society's lowest occupation and its most meagre resources to begin his awesome work of salvation. Isn't that fantastic? I'll read that again. What audacity that God would use society's lowest occupation and its most meagre resources to begin his awesome work of salvation. I mean, look at them now running into the street, telling the world. <laughs> no outcast now. They had the greatest news ever, and they were going to tell the world. Their hearts were so full of joy. It burst out of them. They had the greatest news. The Messiah had come. They were the first 
humans in history to see the prophecies fulfilled. How very God. How very God. The most meager resources to bring the most glorious message. And their joy grew as they shared it. And you, this Christmas, maybe with family and friends who don't know Jesus, we have this wonderful, wonderful privilege of sharing the best news ever. The light of the world has come. There is hope. There is peace. There is love. There is joy in Jesus this Christmas. What a privilege it will be to share that brilliant, brilliant news, just like those shepherds on that first Christmas morning. Let that be our joy this Christmas time. Finally, just as we close, I want to just go back to one verse that just stood out to me as I read this passage. I've read this passage so many times, I guess, over the years, like you have. But it's one of those things where you just read it again with an open heart and the Holy Spirit just flags something to you. And it's just this verse 19. A simple little verse, really, in one sense, but just I, it struck me, really, of what went on here. Verse 19 says this, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And I just had this picture of Mary late at night. Shepherds had now gone home. Joseph had fallen off to sleep. Jesus was peaceful. And she was just sitting there mulling it all over. What had happened to me in these last nine months or so? And I just imagine her clenching her little fist and going, yes, it was all right. It was all God's plan. One sense she felt completely vindicated. And my prayer for each of us is that we'll know those moments this Christmas. A little yes moment this Christmas, right? We'll know that we're in the centre of God's plan, in the centre of God's will. Because that's the right place to be, right? The best place to be. But for me, that's real joy. To know what you are where God's called you to be. To know you're in God's will and God's plan. And my prayer is that we'll discover that as we seek joy, as we seek the Saviour, as we share the joy, and as we keep that joy, that ponder that joy, you know, hold that joy in our hearts this Christmas time. Happy Christmas, everybody. Have a great, great Christmas. And may the joy of the Holy Spirit be with each of us in every household this Christmas time. Amen. Amen. <laughs>